You're listening to the St. John's Diamond Creek podcast, recorded live each Sunday at St. John's Anglican Church, Diamond Creek. This episode presented by Del Matthews. Well, good morning. It's good to be with you this morning. Well, before I start, let's just pray. Father God, I pray that your spirit would guide the words of my mouth and open our hearts that we might, each one of us, hear what you have to say to us this morning. In Jesus' name I pray. Now, I'd like to start with a story, um, but I want to ask a question first. Have we got any five-year-olds here? Any five-year-olds? Any nearly five-year-olds? Four to going on five? One or two? Yeah. That's the age I was when we were living at Warragamba as a family. Some of you may know of Warragamba Dam, just west of Sydney. My father was an engineer on the construction site. Our next-door neighbours were a young Christian couple who witnessed to my parents, and it was through them that my parents became Christians. Now, according to my mother, when I was five years of age, I also made a commitment to Christ. But I don't remember that time at all. I don't remember what happened. And I wonder how much understanding I had. Obviously, I understood something. I wouldn't have made some sort of commitment if I didn't. A little bit later, when I was 14 years of age, I had an argument with my Sunday school teacher. And I don't recommend arguments with your Sunday school teachers, your Kingfisher's teachers. But we were preparing, he was preparing us for confirmation class. He just told us the basics of what it meant to be a Christian that our sin separates us from God, that Jesus died, that we could have forgiveness and be reconciled with God. All we needed to do was confess our sins and we would be Christians. All it took was a prayer. Well, my teacher was convinced that I was a Christian, but I wasn't so sure, and that's what the argument was about. Uh, So to settle the matter, on my way home, walking around to my grandmother's place after Sunday school, I prayed that prayer. I understood more fully what it meant to be a Christian at that stage. I certainly understood what Christ had done for me, but I really didn't understand his love well. That took some years later. Many of you know that I lived overseas for a number of years, and when I came back and moved down to Melbourne, I was burnt out. I really struggled um, spiritually, and I really questioned God's love again for me, whether and whether I wanted to continue being a Christian. That was a big question for me. And it was actually in this church, one evening service, when we were directed to discuss a question with the person sitting next to us. The person sitting next to me was Cyril Smith. Now, some of you know him, and if you don't know him, his picture's in the, in the book, um, The Light on the Hill. I actually don't remember the question at all. I don't know, remember what we were discussing. I don't remember what I said to Cyril or what he said to me. But God spoke to me at that time, and it dawned on me that God's love, or the evidence of God's love, was that Christ died for me. It had nothing to do with my circumstances or how I felt. That was the evidence that Christ loved me. And I was blown away by the fact that the almighty God of the whole universe loved me. It was incredible. And I decided again that I really, yes, I really did want to continue being a Christian. I was not going to give up on that. In fact, there have been a number of commitments in my life. You could say daily. I'm committing to remain in Christ, to stay a Christian. The question is, when did I really become a Christian? At which point, you know, had I become a Christian? Did it matter at what point my understanding was? 
did it matter that I didn't understand exactly what Christ's death was all about when I was five years of age? Or did it matter that I was still coming to terms with what God's love meant when I was 14 years of age? Was I really a Christian at five? I still feel now that I've got so much to learn. Am I, you know, what does it take to become a Christian? Well, our story today is pretty remar unremarkable on the surface. It's just a few, you know, a few friends sort of moving around and talking to each other. Let's watch it and see what goes on. The next day, John was standing there again with two of his disciples when he saw Jesus walking by. There's the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him say this and went with Jesus. Jesus turned, saw them following him. What are you looking for? Uh, um, where where do, you live? do you live? Rabbi, Rabbi. This word means teacher. Come and see. It was then about four o'clock in the afternoon, so they went with him and saw where he lived and spent the rest of that day with him. One of them was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. At once he found his brother Simon. We have found the Messiah. This word means Christ. Then he took Simon to Jesus. Jesus looked at him. Your name is Simon, son of John. But you will be called Cephas. This is the same as Peter and means a rock. Probably won't be a box office bestseller. It's a fairly straightforward story, isn't it? Friends come and go all the time. But if you understand the context of the story, there's a lot to learn from it. This event was day three of a series of days and we need to go back a little bit to, to get the context of it. John, John the Baptist had been preaching and baptising, calling people to repent of their sins and turn back to God. He also had a group of followers who were called his disciples. Now, it's common for a teacher to have a group that followed them, um, you know, as their kind of students, as their learners. 
Uh, it was not like our teacher-student relationship where you sort of go in for a class and come out and go off and on you know, the rest of your life. It was a much more sort of full-time full -time thing. It was quite common among the Jews, but it was also common among the Greeks. So, you know, Socrates and Plato had disciples as well. The disciples were devotees of their master's teaching. They chose to learn as much as they could from, from principally by sitting and listening all through the day. The longer a disciple spent with the teacher, the more deeply they would understand his teaching and the more, more like him they would become. It, you couldn't be sort of a part-time disciple of one person and another part-time disciple of another one, uh, someone different, you know, part-time with John and part-time with Jesus. You were full-time with one person, but you could change your allegiance. Now, on the first day of this story, of this series of days, John was questioned by the Jewish religious leaders about who he was, what was his identity. He assured them that he wasn't a prophet and he wasn't the Christ. His job was to prepare the way for someone much greater who would be coming. Now, at that point, they were down by the Jordan River uh, and that time they saw... Or the next day, they were down at the Jordan River again, same place, pretty much the same group of people. At that time, the second day, Jesus walks past. And John sees Jesus and he says, look, Jesus is the Lamb of God, that great one that they were expecting. Now, if you are here last week, you would remember that Kirk explained the concept of what a Lamb of God meant. It comes from the Old Testament, where the, the Lamb was the animal sacrificed for sin. It satisfied God's desire or need for justice, um, when sin had been committed, but it also satisfied his mercy, his, his desire to forgive us. John also explained to his disciples how he came to be sure that it was actually Jesus was the one, was the Lamb of God, not somebody else. So we get to day three, focus of our story today. They're back there, back at the Jordan River again, same people, and Jesus walks past again, and John says exactly the same thing. Look, there is the Lamb of God. Now, finally, after days of talking about the Lamb of God that was coming, the one that was greater than John that was coming, and, and um, talking about Jesus and pointing Jesus out, the disciples finally got to, started to believe John and started to get curious and decided they were going to check out Jesus for themselves. They turned and followed Jesus. Literally, they walked after him. Their understanding of who Jesus was was pretty minimal at that stage. But they wanted to find out more. And Jesus, of course, was aware that he was being followed, as you, know, you and I would be, and turned around and asked them a question. On the face of it, nothing to the question. He just asked what they wanted. As you might if someone was following you. Or perhaps he was really asking them something a bit deeper, what they really wanted in life. Well, John's disciples called Jesus rabbi. And the, the little video clip said that rabbi means teacher. When I was a younger person, in my 20s, I did one of those, um, went to see a career guidance counsellor, and I did all the tests that he had, and, and finally we came to the results of you know, the kinds of um, careers that I might consider. Well, top of the list was that I would be, make a great rabbi. And at the time, I thought that was pretty funny. It was a joke, and I dismissed the whole career guidance counselling thing right out. Um, to be a rabbi today, of course, you have to have very thorough training. 
and my gender for starters would you know, rule me out of rabbi school. Um, but in Jesus' day, yes, they had rabbi schools and people were trained, but you didn't have to go to training, you didn't have to go to school to be called a rabbi. It, referred to, it was used to refer to anyone who was a teacher, whether they were trained or not. And John's disciples recognised that Jesus was a teacher. That was their first understanding. So in discipleship speak, calling Jesus rabbi and asking where he was staying was the same as saying they wanted to come and learn from Jesus. Tentative steps to becoming a disciple. They didn't understand at that point, but they were convinced enough that they took steps to learn more. They got back to Jesus' place, we're told, around four o'clock and spent the rest of the day listening and learning from him gradually easing in to becoming a disciple of Jesus. The whole process takes about you know, a few verses in our Bibles, but it took days and it was no rash decision. Now, one of the two disciples was called Andrew, and the first thing Andrew did was to go and get his brother and bring his brother to Jesus. Now, in fact, every time we read of Andrew in the Gospels, he's bringing somebody to Jesus or he's referring somebody to Jesus. He starts, he starts to understand who Jesus is. He gets excited about that. He can't help himself. He goes to find his brother. He chose the person who was closest to him. He didn't go to strangers at that point, And he didn't give some great theological explanation. He just said, we found the Messiah, come. He just invited his brother to come. Now, I noticed that the other disciple that was with Andrew didn't run and tell anybody. He was quiet. Some of us are like Andrew. Some of us will naturally draw people into whatever's happening, whatever we're excited about, including our faith. Some of us are natural at telling people about Jesus. The rest of us, myself included, find it a lot more difficult. But I think we can learn from Andrew. First of all, he went off to find his brother while he was still excited about what he'd learned. And it's lots of points in our life when we, we get excited about what we're learning about Jesus. And we can tell people about that. He went off to his brother, somebody he knew. He didn't, didn't go out to the strangers at that point. And there's people around us all the time that we know that are close to us, our friends and our family that we can, we can share with. And he simply brought Peter or brought Simon to Jesus. He didn't give a great explanation. We don't have to have all the answers and we don't have to be able to give a thorough explanation. We just bring people to Jesus. I work at a theological college and one of my roles is to read through every single application. We ask our students to tell their story of faith and I'm blown away over and over again. Our students say that it was because somebody invited them to an event, somebody invited them to Jesus. Um, just this week I was reading two, re two testimonies saying exactly that same thing. So Andrew just says to Simon, we found the Messiah. Well, the Messiah was a figure that the Jews had hoped for. They really wanted this Messiah. He was going to be the one sent by God, probably a king who would deliver Israel and restore independence, but also bring salvation. The term Messiah probably meant different things to different people at different times. But at the time of Jesus, the Jews were being ruled by the Romans. And so it probably had political overtones as well as spiritual hopes. Simon didn't need any more than that to take his first steps to Jesus. And we find out later on that both um, Simon or Simon Peter and the disciples had a lot of misunderstandings about what it meant that being, Jesus being the Messiah. 
But at this point, it didn't matter. So Jesus gave Simon a new name, Peter. And in the Old Testament, people were given a new name to indicate that they were leaving their old life behind and taking on some special calling. For Peter, getting the new name of Peter, Simon getting the new name of Peter meant that he was starting a new life as a follower of Jesus and becoming a new man. So what does it take to become a follower of Jesus or a disciple of Jesus? The story is a fairly simple one, but I think it illustrates what it takes to become a, a Christian. The first thing we notice is that they left behind their old life. So Andrew and his friend left John and were no longer his disciples. Peter was renamed and began his new life. But leaving your new life behind, you turn to a, a new life, leaving an old life behind, you turn to a new life, and they turned to follow Jesus. And turning to him. Now these men took literal steps and they walked behind Jesus and they sat with Jesus to learn from him. They followed Jesus. For us today, what does that mean? Well, I think we get some hints in some of the verses around this story. If we go back to verse 12 in chapter 1, we read that, um, yet to all who received him, to those who believed in him, his name, he gave the right to become children of God. For those who receive him, to believe in his name, become the children of God. And a couple of chapters later, most of you will know the famous verse, um, John 3.16, um, God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him will have eternal life. For us, it's about believing. It's making that choice to believe in him. Beginning that first step of belief might just be to believe there is a God, that God exists, and taking the next steps to, to explore that. It's important that we take steps of faith towards Jesus in response to whatever our level of understanding is. And the disciples didn't wait till they fully understood, but they turned to Christ and they followed him at that whatever point they were at. That's been my experience. As we continue to follow Christ, there's new understanding coming all the time. And at each point, we need to make, I've needed to make a commitment again to follow Christ. It gets to the sort of the final point. As a Christian, it's about remaining in Jesus. Now these men went back to where Jesus was and they stayed with him and they remained with him. And some people think that he, they probably remained, they stayed overnight, but they certainly stayed as his disciples. In this story, literally, um, they stayed with or remained with, with Jesus. But John, later in the book of John, uses that exact same word, remain, to urge the disciples to remain in Jesus. So being a disciple means being faithful to Jesus throughout our lives, learning from him and living a life of obedience. Disciples are not learning facts about Jesus. Disciples are learning to know the person of Jesus and becoming, in the process, becoming more like Christ. You see, it's all, becoming a Christian or being a Christian is all about Jesus. It's about Jesus who died on the cross and took the punishment for our sins. Jesus, the Lamb of God, it's Jesus, now resurrected, who can give us a new life, a new name. It's Jesus who liberates us and restores us to relationship with God, Jesus the Messiah. But being a Christian is about remaining in Jesus and becoming the person he wants us to be. It's about committing ourselves to know him more deeply. So yes, I was a Christian at age five and I'm becoming a Christian. I'm remaining in him throughout my life. I'm not sure where you're at 
right at this moment, whether it's tentative steps to explore Christ or whether you uh, have been a Christian for a number, a number of years and are needing, thinking about remaining in him. But can I encourage you to constantly make those recommitments that, yes, you're going to stay in him. I, I was thinking, in January, I usually think through my commitments for the year, um, what, I'm going to, what I'm going to be doing and what I'm going to be you know, spending my time doing over the year. And I think that's a great time to put the commitment of Christ first. What is it going to take for you to get to know Jesus more deeply this year, whatever stage of your understanding that you are at? Can I encourage you to take, keep taking and to take steps in the direction of Jesus? Let me pray for us. Father God, we just thank you so much that you sent your son that we... We can be reconciled in our relationship with you. We thank you for what Christ did for us on the cross and that we can have new life in him. We pray that you would be with each one of us that as we, we think through our own commitment to you, give us the strength. May your spirit work in our hearts to move towards you. In Jesus' name I pray. Thanks for joining us. If you've got any questions about this podcast, connect with us on our website, stjohnsdc.org.au or at facebook.com slash stjohnsdc. Don't forget, you can join us live in Diamond Creek every Sunday at 9.30am and 6pm.